Hello everyone and welcome to episode 163 of Chairside Live. It's a great show today, so we're glad you're tuning in. Because in this episode, we're going to take a closer look at our obsidian lithium silicate ceramic material. Dr. Bai is discussing a case where he placed screw-retained obsidian crowns on tooth number 8 and number 9. Then, it's time for another Across the Chair segment with our registered dental assistant, Will Schmidt. He's chatting with us today about improving your clinical photography skills. But first, let's head up to the operatory where Dr. Bai is working on a patient with a failing anterior bridge. The patient wanted implants on number 8 and number 9, so Dr. Bai works his magic by removing the bridge and uses guided surgery to place the implants and eventually the obsidian presta metal final restorations. In his presentation, you'll also see how he digitally designed and milled screw-retained biotemps that were delivered immediately after implant placement. Let's take a look. Welcome back to the Chairside Case of the Week. My name is Dr. Abai, and I want to share a very special case with you. This patient came to our clinical operatory here at Glidewell with an existing fixed dental prosthesis spanning from teeth number 7 to 10, and she requested that this bridge be replaced, uh, first of all for aesthetic reasons, but also because there were some open margins uh, around this uh, restoration. So going through with uh, treatment planning and at the next visit, uh, along with treatment planning for the aesthetics of the anterior teeth, I also treatment plan to place the implants in the proper position so that the patient can receive these implants and eventually we can have screw-retained crowns uh, placed for this patient. Another request from the patient was that she wanted to have individual teeth so that she can floss between them uh, like she did when she had her original teeth. So we had gone through a treatment planning for that and uh, I wanted to make sure that I can place these implants mesiodistally, buccolingually, in the correct angulation, and make sure that the screw channel is coming through the lingual, and I can have some very nice screw-retained crowns uh, for the end product. So going through with uh, guided surgery, I went ahead and removed the soft tissue, and initially I utilized osteotomy drills until I got to the point where uh, the last osteotomy drill matches the size of the implant. And as you can see here, I can go ahead and place the implant through the sleeve of the surgical guide. And this is a tooth-supported surgical guide. And the patient can receive those implants uh, in the precise location uh, that we had planned it for. Another advantage of utilizing some of these digital treatment planning softwares is that we can actually do a digital wax-up based on where the proposed implant position is. And I can ask the laboratory to fabricate uh, screw-retained biotemps for me. And in this case, uh, they are splinted together just to give us a little more stability between those implants. And I can go ahead and deliver the biotemps. This is a factor of being able to precisely place the implants where you had proposed it. If the implants aren't precisely placed in those positions, uh, then you're going to have some issues with uh, getting it temporary like this to sit uh, on top of the implants. So I'll go ahead and place Teflon and composite in the lingual screw channels of the uh, implant restorations. And once that is set, then what I'll do with the original biotem that I had fabricated for the patient, I'll go ahead and remove each lateral individually and adjust the contact point and make sure that I can seat them. And I'll go ahead and temporarily cement them, uh, taking care that I can remove all the excess cement. 
Uh, obviously, I want to make sure that I don't have any excess cement, especially in the uh, areas where the implants have been placed. An additional step to make sure that this temporary is secure um, is uh, bonding these temporaries uh, together. So I'll use a little bit of bonding material and flowable composite, and in approximately I'll bond the laterals to the centrals, and that'll give me a little bit more of a peace of mind that the patient's not going to dislodge these temporaries while the healing period uh, begins and ends. Usually for a site like this in the maxillary anterior, uh, I want those implants in place for about three to four months before I go back and remove the temporary and start with the uh, final impression phase. So I'll check the occlusion with some shim stock and make sure that the patient is not occluding on these restorations for both the centrals and laterals. And now we have a good view of the patient in a four-unit temporary. Now, as the patient returns, uh, after a few months, I can go ahead and remove these temporaries and take a look at the soft tissue and evaluate and make sure that my soft tissue is where I want it to be. If I don't have proper contours, uh, this is the stage where I can utilize my temporary and create the contours that I need for uh, my final restorations. And uh, obviously the, the gingival contour is going to be really important uh, for the final aesthetic result. So once we have the temporaries in the proper position and I know that I have proper contours, I'll go ahead and take a final impression. So this was about uh, four months after the implants were placed. I'll bring the patient back. And I have already created a certain level of gingival architecture. There are different techniques on keeping uh, the architecture while you take a final impression. I didn't think that was necessary in this situation because the patient has a very thick gingival biotype and I can actually go directly to uh, the fabrication of the final restorations. Now one of the restorations that I've found where if a patient uh, and a clinician would prefer a porcelain fused to metal type of restoration, uh, the obsidian to metal has been extremely aesthetic and I found it to be very acceptable in terms of uh, the final results. And uh, in this case, that's exactly what I prescribe for my patient is uh, obsidian to metal restorations uh, for both the uh, implant restorations and the, the lateral, which were uh, on natural teeth. So after a, a, a try-in stage, I'll go ahead and deliver the centrals uh, where the uh, screw retained implants. And again, I'll place Teflon and composite. And once those are delivered, I'll go ahead and deliver the both laterals. And um, the best part about utilizing a, a PFM type of restoration is I can go ahead and cement these restorations as I would traditionally cement um, any PFM restoration. So I'll take the patient through uh, the cement cleanup, make sure that I didn't leave any cement behind, and we check the occlusion, and we make sure, again, that on the uh, implant, especially on the implant restorations, the shim stock is passing through. I can see here that the shim stock is catching on the centrals, so I want to make sure I check with articulating paper. And if there are any contacts, I'll go ahead and make my adjustments. And again, I'll polish the porcelain, and then we have a finished product. So I'll take the patient through the entire protocol of making sure that not only do these fit and look nice, but also functionally, and in terms of the occlusion, uh, the patient is comfortable, and, and I can be comfortable uh, with the occlusion. So here you see the final result of the uh, obsidian to metal restorations. They are beautiful, and they blend 
very well together, along with the uh, with the soft tissue and the gingiva, and we were able to really create some nice uh, aesthetics for this patient with the peaks of soft tissue and also with the uh, overlying porcelain on top of these restorations with the obsidian to metal crowns. Well, I hope you enjoyed this case of the week, and I hope to see you back here for uh, yet another case of the week here at Glidewell Dental Laboratories. Thank you for that, Dr. Abai. Okay, so now it's time to grab your cameras as we head upstairs where Will Schmidt, registered dental assistant, is going to give us some clinical photography tips. Take it away, Will. What I'll talk about today is how important digital photography is to a practice, uh, but also how important it is to our laboratory and how to get the information we need from our chair to the laboratory and back the way we want it and the way our patients want it. So the very first thing and most important thing we're gonna need while taking professional digital photography in the dental office is a professional camera. Uh, anyone who is a member of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry would know that uh, a nice Canon camera with a ring flash is probably the best idea that you're going to need to be able to take nice photos in your office. It is also as equally as important to have a nice set of mirrors so we can take reflected shots and in some sort of a case where they're not going to get scratched because the worst thing you can possibly see when you zoom in is a nice scratch down the center of your mirror and also some blackout shims so that we can take reflected shots and cut out any tissue or anything that's in the background. All right, the very first thing I want to do is take a few smile shots. I don't like to have the patient light directly on the patient's mouth. Instead, I like to use my ring flash to be able to get the proper shots. Mm -hmm. very first shot we're going to do is just a nice natural smile. Okay. <laughs> Nice natural smile. Hold it right there. Let it zoom. In order to keep your camera steady, instead of keeping your arms out like wings, I like just to tuck them into your chest, bring your body in, and have a nice strong base that you can take your photo. I refrain from using the screen where I can just instead use the viewfinder. My next shot will be just a nice pretty smile, but I'm going to take it from an angle where I can center the canine in the shot. Nice pretty smile. And similarly, I like to also sit down so that I'm not standing up and leaning over the patient. I can get a nice eye-level shot. Turn your head to the left. Nice, pretty smile. Next shot I like to do, just to be able to see the incisal edges of all the teeth, I like to have the patient open about two or three millimeters so that the maxillary teeth are not covering up the mandible. So, nice, pretty smile. Oh. And I want you to open about, keep going, right there. Normally, I would ask my patients to remove their lipstick before procedure, but in this case, Megan's got to be looking good for the show. So, a little bit of Vaseline okay. right on the lips, just so the retractor doesn't cause any cracks in the lips. For our retracted shots, I want the patient to bite all the way together in her normal bite. Normal bite. There you go. It's always good to have some kind of a nice holder for your mirror. That way you can hold everything steady. Your patient's going to take their own hand and help out. Maybe with your hand right here. And we're going to take some mirrored images of her arch. After picking the appropriate shade, it's always best to take a photo with the shade, 
tab in there, making sure you get the number of the shade as well. Go ahead and hold on to my shade tab, Megan. It's very important that if you are going to get a full face photo or a profile photo that you take the photo where there isn't a distracting background in the way, such as a blank wall. So if we're using these photos for a diagnosis, it's always good to have a computer or someplace in the operatory where I can show my patient exactly what we're talking about, show out the problems, the diagnosed treatment, and uh, the remedies that we're, that we're talking about. These tips and tricks have helped me over the years explain treatments better to patients, but also translate what we're trying to do to our dental laboratories to help everyone get better treatment and better restorations. Thank you for watching. Thank you for that, Will. Those were some good tips. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Chairside Live. But before we go, I'd like to remind you, if you have any questions or comments about something you've seen on an episode of Chairside Live, write to us. You can write to us at chairsidelive at glidewelldental.com. Until next time, on behalf of everyone here at Glidewell Laboratories, we thank you for watching and hope you'll come back next week.